0: Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook Pre-Arb Excellence group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode, How Other Sports handle finances, and ask me questions if I was confusing. Baseball, Major League Baseball at least, in case you haven't noticed, in case you haven't heard, they've been kind of keeping this a secret. Nobody's been talking about it, and none of the blogs have been talking about it, and none of the newspapers have been talking about it, but Major League Baseball's in a lockout. There's a lockout. There are no moves being made. You might have a bench coach here or there. You might have a minor league signing on Saturday. Teams gorged at the buffet of international free agent signings. But in general, there's nothing going on. There's nothing going on. So when I'm online and I see people saying, why are the Cubs being so quiet? They, I heard they were going to go get Carlos Correa. The Cubs are going to go get Carlos. The Cubs can't do anything right now. Nobody can do anything. Everybody is awaiting the conclusion of the lockout so they can actually do stuff because that's how things happen during a lockout. And another thing that happens quite a bit during a lockout is is people complaining, 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 complaining about why is it that the two sides can't come to an agreement? I'm not going to be able to answer that question for you because for that, you would have to have something that either one person or a group of people come up with that over 50% of the players and over, I'm not sure if it's 50 or 75%, I think it's probably 75% of the owners agree with. So if the somebody comes up with something and fifty plus one percent, fifty percent plus one of the players agree with it, but only nineteen of the owners dig it, it's not it's not going anywhere. It has to be something that twenty three owners will approve of, and fifty plus one of the players, at least to the best of my knowledge. Maybe 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 it's fifty plus one with the owners. So maybe 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 with the owners it would be sixteen, but usually it's twenty three. So, uh, I really doubt that you're going to get 16 or 17 owners agreeing on something and it passing. They will wait until 23, 27, 28. Pretty much everybody digs it. Otherwise, they'll say, yeah, really? Nah, we're not doing that. So, this episode is about how another professional league deals with their finances. Because some of us know, uh, football usually teams, ha- when a player is signed, he usually has a three-year, I'm going to put air quotes around guarantee, because if he gets injured and he's done, and the team releases him, they release him and he doesn't get anything. He doesn't get it, you know, he, it's not a case of, oh, but he had a three-year, it doesn't matter. He's, if he's not going to be able to be productive for the team, he's released, he's gone, he's finished. Till somebody else picks them up. Um, and then teams get to decide going into the third year if they want to guarantee the fourth year. I seem to remember that was a bit of the question with um Mitch Trubisky. After two years, after three years, after three years, they had to decide, or no, after after two years, they had to decide if they wanted to guarantee his fourth year. And they decided they weren't going to guarantee his fourth year. But they could have. So that's how it, with football, it's generally you have a three-year deal. And you can, if you have your guarantee picked up before the third year starts, you get a fourth year. Other than that, you become a free agent, at least to some form, fashion, or measure after four years. NBA, I'm not even quite sure how they do it. Um, it's confuselating. They have the G League, Gatorade League, where uh, players can develop kind of like AAA. Um, but as far as how the finances go with the NBA, I'm really not even sure. It for, for a while, I paid a little bit of attention, but it got to be too much of a headache. And I said, yeah, really not. I'm not going to pay attention to it. So, um... What I'm looking at today is specifically soccer, specifically Premier League. What happens with the Premier League is teams have academies, at least the, the more elite teams. When, when I say elite teams, just so I'm clear, just so I'm clear, there are usually six elite teams. Maybe there's a seventh that somebody can argue, but we ought to be included. We ought to be... Really, there's probably six. Manchester City, Manchester United, Chelsea, Liverpool, Tottenham, and West Ham. I'm pretty sure those are the six. I'm pretty sure those are the six. Somebody might be hollering at them. No, you got it wrong. This guy's a. But there's 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 about six teams that are usually pretty good year in year out. Then there's about four or five teams that eh, sometimes they're in, sometimes they're out, sometimes they're useful, sometimes they're not. Then there's about seven or eight that are effectively bottom feeders. They lose against the really good teams, they win against the really bad teams, and they avoid relegation. And they stay in the English Premier League, and then there's a bunch of teams that are either in danger of getting relegated from the Premier League or in the lower levels, because they have three additional lower levels beneath the Premier League. There's 20 in the Premier League, then there's Division One. there's Division Two. there's another league or two. So you have like 80 teams. You have 80 teams, not like 30 in Major League Baseball. You have like about 80 teams. Um, which seems a lot, but there you go. And the teams at the top, like I said, the teams at the top have academies. So you have Chelsea, they have their team, and then they have their 23 and under academy, and then they have their 20 uh, their and then they have their 18 and under academy. No, U18 and U23. So it's under 18 and under 23. So if you have a guy who's 21 years old, he'll probably be in the U23 academy for whatever team he's with. And then if he starts doing really well, the team generally starts to realize, hey, this guy is better than the guys he's playing against. We are going to loan him to another team. So, if you have a guy who is good, he's good enough so that he doesn't belong in U23, what the team will oftentimes do is loan him to a team at a lower bracket. A team at a lower bracket. So, let's see. What was one of the names I just, um, uh, I use Moricam, M O R E C A M B E. Moricam played Tottenham recently in a in an FA Cup match. Um, FA Cup. All the teams in in English soccer are in the FA Cup. The larger scale teams get passed through to the third or fourth round, the third round, and the smaller teams have to play their way up to the third round. So once you get to the third, the third round, then pretty much everybody's playing. But what ends up happening, when you have a guy who is better than the U23, he's just, he's just better. You know, you, you watch it. He, he's the best guy in the field. He doesn't belong here. He's better than these guys. Then what teams will oftentimes do is loan that player to another team so for instance if moracam or burnley or a- a- any of the smaller level teams are at a point where you know we kind of like to borrow that guy for a while okay how about this we will loan you this player for x amount of pounds it's not dollars it's pounds we will loan you this guy for X amount of pounds. You give us the money. You get to play the player, and after the season's done, he comes back to us. You get to play him for the year, and then he comes back to us. So it kind of works a little bit well for both teams because the team that's kind of mediocre and you know they're they're in 14th in their bracket and they don't want to get relegated back to a lower level. They pay a certain amount, get the guy to come in. The guy gets to come in, play against better competition, because if you're playing level two ball, it's better than playing U23 ball. You know, it's kind of like if you're in a low A ball and you get um, promoted to double A. You move up. You can tell this guy is going to be playing against tougher competition. We'll see how he does. So, um, teams often loan players to other organizations because it's mutually beneficial. The, the team loaning the player generally gets a little bit of cash and the team that gets the player gets a better player. They have a better chance at winning. Like I say, it generally works well for both teams. But we're, ta- we're not talking about loans in this episode of the podcast. We're talking about how the finances work in soccer. In baseball, in Major League Baseball, in Minor League Baseball, in Affiliated Baseball, when a team drafts a player, for instance, the Cubs drafted Jordan Wicks. Jordan Wicks is with the Cubs for the next six years. Unless the Cubs decide, we don't want Jordan Wicks to be with us anymore. If The Cubs trade Jordan Wicks. That's, le- that's legitimate. If they release him, that's legitimate. Now, they could lose him in the Rule 5 draft, which would be different from a alone. And the Rule 5 draft doesn't exist in um, English Premier League. But in general, if a player is in an organization in affiliated baseball, he's there. He has no say in anything. For instance, let's say, uh, who do we want to go with? Um, Christian Franklin. Fourth round pick by the Cubs last year. Played a bit in Myrtle Beach. Did he go up to South Bend? I can't even remember at the very end of the season. But he played mostly in Myrtle Beach. And uh, he doesn't have the authority to say, send me up to Double A, or I'm going to go play for the Padres. He doesn't have that option. With the way baseball is set up, the minor league player is in that organization for six years, unless the team gets rid of him or unless he is claimed in the rule five draft. It's not how it works in English Premier League. Take a breath. (sighs) Cleansing breath. Um... In the English Premier League, when you're on a, when you're with an academy. Now, I haven't totally figured it out. I haven't gotten somebody to walk me all the way through it. But if you're with an academy, you're just with the academy. You know, you're you're with the um, under 18 Chelsea squad. Okay, you're with the under 18 Chelsea squad. They have a game, you have a game. They play you, you play. They don't play you, you don't play. It's, um, you know, there's a schedule. There are games. Sometimes players will get called up from U18 or U23 for a matchup like an FA Cup game. Sometimes that will happen. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, Sometimes players will get called up for a game and won't play because you have the 11 guys on, on the pitch and then you have eight or nine guys on the bench. You can only make three substitutions, or in some instances, five. So you're going to have some guys who they're not going to play. They're going to be on the squad, but they're not going to play. You don't know who's not going to play until after the game's done. But um, Spurs, Tottenham, Tottenham has a curious situation going on. They have a player named Dylan Markaday. Dylan Markaday. You're probably not going to hear the name in the next four or five years, regardless how closely you follow the Cubs or the English Premier League. You're not going to hear the name, but it does explain how soccer is different from baseball. Dylan Markaday has told Spurs, I want to get called up to a top-level club. Now, Markaday, he's done well in U23 ball. He's done well against young players. That's not a question. Markaday has said, I want to play upper-level ball. I want to play upper-level ball, and at the end of my contract, I'm going to play upper-level ball. So... Spurs have a curious little situation here, don't they? Because they can't tell him you have to stay here because Jordan Wicks has to stay with the Cubs. You can't force him to stay because Christian Franklin has to stay with the Cubs. He wants to go somewhere else. He thinks he's good enough to play at another level. In the English Premier League and most of the soccer leagues, all the benefit lies with the player. All the benefit lies with the player. So Dylan Markaday says, I want to go play top-level ball. I'm going to go play top-level ball at the end of this season. That's tough call, isn't it? In the English Premier League, most of soccer, there is a January and a July transfer window. So, if you have someone who wants to get traded, who's going to get traded, January and July are the months that it will almost always happen. Possibly it might happen differently, sometimes in a rare occurrence, but usually it's almost always going to be in January or in July. Dylan Markaday has announced, if it gets to be July, I'm going to play for a top-level club. So, what would happen is, If it gets to be the season's over and it gets to be July, Dylan Markaday will effectively take out an advert saying, which team is going to pay me the most to play for a top-level club? I will come play for you. Whoever you are, whoever that is, very possibly, I'll come play for you regardless who you are because I want to get paid. I don't want to make double A wages for the rest of my life. Now, you might like how that works. You might not like how that works. It sounds fantastic for the player, less so for the teams, because what ends up happening is the contract in the English Premier League is guaranteed. If a person signs a a three-year deal worth 200 pounds a year, that's what it is. If he ends up being terrible the money's fully guaranteed. He gets all the money. Regardless of if, if he is regardless if he's a dick, if he doesn't play any defense, if he all of a sudden starts playing horribly, the money is guaranteed. The money will be paid. Kind of like Jason Hayward Cubs thought they were getting somebody who was going to be really good. He turned out to be far less than they expected, and the money's guaranteed. So, with Dylan Markaday, with Tottenham, they can't force him to stay. Come July, he's gone. So, as of now, what's happening is Markaday is basically pushing the team into moving him. Because if they don't, they're not going, they don't have room for him. They don't have playing time for him on their squad. So what they're doing is finding the best available offer and they are loaning day. I think it's 500. It, it, it's not a ridiculously horrible amount. That he's getting five hundred? Wow, I, I'm I'm I am i am i am not even going to tell you the number, but it, it it's something that involves five hundred. Um that's the best that Tottenham can find as far as anybody being willing to pay for him. Five hundred and it doubles it, it might double depending upon how well he plays. So five hundred could move up to up to a thousand but with loan well with loaning him and it is going to be a loan but it's going to be a loan and at the end of it he's not going to come back so basically it's a sale um it's different it's different in soccer and when people from soccer follow major league baseball when major league baseball fans look into soccer if you expect it's going to be exactly the same, or NBA, or NFL, or NHL, or anything, it's going to be somewhat different. The baseball players in Major League Baseball want a bit more of the English Premier League. If I'm a good player, if somebody wants to pay me a whole bunch of money, I want to be able to accept it and not have to worry about Teams worrying about if they're going to lose a um, draft choice, which incidentally, in the Premier League, there's no draft. There is no draft. You go out, you find players, you sign them, you use them in games. There is no draft. In affiliated baseball, there is a draft and it's a huge consideration. Teams don't want to sign certain free agents because if they sign certain free agents, they lose a draft pick, and they lose international spending money. In the English Premier League, that doesn't exist. In the English Premier League, as I'm starting to figure out, the money from tickets goes to the owners. Most of the money from um, merch goes to the owners, and the money to the players is guaranteed. And if you're in a situation where you're a free agent in soccer, you take out that one ad. I'm willing to come pay. I'm willing to come play for your side. What are you willing to pay? That's what it boils to. There aren't salary caps. There aren't salary caps. So you have those six teams at the top. Or if you want to argue, no, actually, there's only five, or there's seven, or there's eight, or there's four, or there's six, you have your teams at the top. Manchester City has money. Manchester United has money. Chelsea has money. Um, Liverpool has money. Tottenham has money. As to whether they're actually willing to spend it is a different question. Um, There is one I'm leaving out. Arsenal. I didn't include Arsenal. So those of you who have already typed in the question, what about Arsenal? What about Arsenal? They're probably six. And West Ham's probably seven. But Arsenal, again, they have money. They can go out and afford to buy quality players. Burnley can't. So Burnley is basically the Tampa Bay Rays without a draft and without extra draft picks and without an international um International Free Agency Day, where they have more money that they're allowed to spend than anybody else. So in soccer, in English Premier League, in pretty much any soccer league there is, if the ownership doesn't have money they're willing to spend, that team is at a huge disadvantage because they can't spend enough money to keep up with the teams that are going to spend the money. As the lockout continues, the way baseball does it is not the only possible way to do things. There are other possible ways to do things. And some people think that if you toss in a lottery or if you um, have wheels and spokes so The team isn't getting early draft picks every year, or you know what what, everyone's going to have their own solution for this is how baseball would be better. Owners want control. Owners want control. In the English Premier League, there is no control. Dylan Markaday, I want to go play for somebody else. And unless you pay me the amount of money that I want, I'm going to go play for someone else. Now, in Major League Baseball, you get to free agency eventually. But usually, it's after three or four or five or six years in the minor leagues, and then five or six or seven or eight years in the major leagues. It's a long time to get to free agency in Major League Baseball. Or in the affiliated baseball system. Whereas Dylan Markaday, who's 22 years old, is a free agent now. It's different in soccer. I'm not going to tell you you should take the owner's side. I'm not going to tell you you should take the player's side. I'm not going to tell you there should be a lottery in baseball. I'm not going to tell you there shouldn't be a lottery in baseball. I'm not going to tell you there should be an international draft. I'm not going to say there shouldn't be an international draft. Baseball is different, and owners aren't going to give stuff away unless, A, they absolutely have to, and B, they get something back. So how it's going to get solved, I don't know. But to the people who think, oh, why don't they just sit around and sing Kumbaya and you know ha- have a little bottled water and figure it out and then go... No, it's not going to work that way. It's not going to work that way. The players want something like the English Premier League has. The owners want nothing like the English Premier League has. My two months of getting used to what's going on with the English Premier League has been absolutely important for me to understand the baseball lockout situation. Very important for me. I don't know if it's helped you at all or not. It's helped me quite a bit because I've realized soccer is entirely different from baseball. The players have all the control. Plenty of teams, plenty of teams in the English Premier League have players who they have recently signed to massive contracts. And at some point they realize, you know, we probably shouldn't have done that, but the money's guaranteed. Money's guaranteed. So now they're trying to loan out this player or loan out that player to over here or find some team that's willing to take on a bit of their salary. It's scary. And as much as owners make, as as filthy rich as owners are and all that kind of stuff and, you know, horrible, 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 Major League Baseball owners know how it works in English Premier League. They don't want to pay the absurd contracts. Not only do they not want to pay the absurd contracts, they want to be able to not pay the absurd contracts and still contend. How are you going to pull that one off? How are you going to pull off owners not having, well, owners not paying absurd contracts and players okaying the collective bargaining agreement? It's really tough. It's really tough. And to the people who think, oh, they'll just have a you know have a little get-together and they're, they're, they'll kind of get close to spring training and then they'll say, oh, I, I want to go play baseball. Well, it's not just one about wanting to go play baseball. It's about wanting to not get screwed in a contract negotiation. It's really about that. It really is about that. And until both sides really believe they're not getting screwed in the negotiation, there's not going to be an agreement and If there's not going to be an agreement, at least for however long there isn't going to be an agreement, you're certainly welcome to pick another level of baseball to follow or another sport to follow. I'm paying attention to the Premier League kind of um again it's very very eye opening regarding the finances um some people hate the finances of baseball. I realize that the finances of baseball are essential. Doesn't mean that I like them. It doesn't mean that I like how things are being done. But I realize, yeah, I'd probably better understand this. I'd probably understand this because it's really kind of important. So, um, as to whether you're interested in other sports, other levels whether you're interested in why it's taking a long time for the uh, lockout to get fixed, the best way I can explain it is walk through the concept of being an owner or even an executive in the English Premier League, and you will better understand why owners do not want the English Premier League style of finances. Because with that, the owners lose the advantages that they've loved having for the last, oh, about 100 years. Looking into why what is happening is happening is a large part of what I consider entertaining. And the uh, side swerve into the EPL has helped me with that quite a bit. Thanks for stopping by. Have a great rest of your weekend, and feel free to take in an English Premier League game or something. Have a great day.